Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. In 2013, whilst on holiday in France, Catherine Pugh experienced a horrific accident that left her with 96% burns to her body. Doctors gave her a 1 in 1,000 chance of survival. And after in excess of 200 operations, Catherine joins me now to tell us her incredible story. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us here on the programme today. Now, you lost your sight three years ago um, due to a horrific accident. Can you tell us a bit about that? Um, Yeah, so when I was 19 years old, um, I just spent five months out in a ski resort in France. Um, We were on the coach on the way home, and I was actually involved in a crash. Um, I was left with 96% burns, and I was put into an induced coma for three months. Um, And then I woke up from the induced coma, and I remember I wasn't able to see things properly. There was no actual damage from the fire to my eyes. I ended up with damage to my optic nerve, which was a side effect of being in the induced coma and almost losing my life on quite a number of occasions. It's an absolutely incredible story, Catherine. It really, really is because you were given a one in thousand percent chance of of survival. And in fact, you're the oldest person alive that that has survived burns to this extent. I mean, the only part of you that wasn't burnt were the soles of your feet and your scalp. Yeah, I mean, I I still find it quite difficult to believe how I I managed to get through it, to be honest. Um, You know, you hear stories like this in the news and it's not something you ever think is going to be related to your life or your own life so um yeah it was it was difficult but I've been very very lucky circumstances seem to fall on my favor um during my recovery during the initial accident and so yeah I've been very lucky because of all of that and I ended up in fantastic hands of surgeons in a hospital that was absolutely amazing so yeah, I still count myself lucky. <laughs> You're just remarkable. You really, really are. Your attitude is so incredibly positive considering you. what you have been through. Because, you know, I know people have asked you at the time, what did it actually feel like? Your whole body was on fire. And, you know, the pain was just everywhere, wasn't it? It was excruciating. And yet it was it was numb. Do you know what? Being on fire, it's, it's the hardest thing to describe. And obviously... I would not wish it on anyone else because it, it was excruciating. The easiest way I can describe it is it's like when you get stung. I, it's like being stung by hundreds of millions of bees or something. <laughs> but then also when you get pins and needles, the after effect of pins and needles, when you just go completely numb, um, it's a combination of both. And yet it's extremely difficult to um, imagine. Um, not that I would want anyone to imagine it because it really it wasn't very nice. Um, and unfortunately, I was awake for being on fire and the two hours afterwards when I was waiting for paramedics and things to get to us. So I remember it all. Um, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't very good at all. <laughs> Oh, I can't even begin to imagine, Catherine. I really, really can. And obviously, you know, I have no sight at all. I was I was 19 also when I lost my sight, but in a far less traumatic way. I was, you know, uh, diagnosed with diabetes as a baby. So it eventually got to my eyes. Uh, something that I knew that could happen one day. It's just it happened a little bit sooner than anticipated. But for you, at the age of 19, being out, you know, for a ski season, I mean, I used to ski. I was actually living in Switzerland 
Ireland when I lost my sight. Um, I'd gone over there to work. And, you know, you're, you're kind of on the threshold of your youth, your life, your career. Everybody's going off and traveling the world and, and doing their own thing, going to university. It must have been absolutely horrendous having to start a new life all over again almost but with all these operations to go through I mean you had 200 operations yeah so I think we're about um at just over 200 operations and procedures now so yeah when I think about it like that it is as you say something traumatic happening whether it was getting my burns um someone losing their sight you know anything losing a parent could be anything that happening as a young adult it is difficult because you're sort of in the time of your life when you start learning what you want to do and you start adventuring on your hopefully future life and it's kind of means that I did have to start again obviously when I woke up and all of this was happening um it was kind of like the last 19 years sort of got blown away so that I was having to start again I was really lucky I still have my peripheral vision so I still have some vision so I didn't have to deal with you know complete sight loss as well as the burns and the scars and things but it was difficult and it still is now like today I'm you know I'm 23 now and I have watched all my friends go through and finish university. I've watched them, you know, start jobs and, you know, some are even starting to get married <laughs> and um, things like that. You know, you do watch and think, oh, what could it have been for me if this hadn't happened? But that kind of thinking, you know, you can't change the past. And I try not to think in that way at all. I try to think more like the opportunities I've had because this has happened and the things I've learned and the person I've become those are all good things and that's kind of what I try to hold on to. I suppose in many respects sometimes you're left with no choice because I know personally I sat in a chair for a while in between operations waiting for things to happen waiting for my sight to come back which it never did and um, I used to think why me why me and then it was one day it was like an epiphany it just kind of came to me why not me why not me I think once you get your head around that uh, you really have to kind of start thinking about how you're going to live the rest of your life and that's certainly you know what I endeavoured to do at the time but you're saying that 96% of your body was burned how did that leave the the physical appearance of your skin? Yeah so I visibly look very very different to a regular everyday gym or whatever (laughs) Um, but yeah so I am scarred pretty much everywhere very luckily as as my scalp didn't get burnt I still have hair so you know that is a bonus because um it means I've got my own hair I've got eyebrows and things but everywhere else I am very scarred um I lost all of the fingertips on my left hand my hand is obviously disfigured and it looks very different um also I suffered with extra neurological problems so my right hand doesn't straighten it stays in sort of a claw position and then the rest of me is scarred so all kinds of different scars I have discoloration so obviously scarring can become white it can be very red I always say it's kind of like I'm multicolored because <laughs> I've got red in some places I go purple if I'm really cold and I have white patches all over me and it's um it's it's very interesting I've I've learned to love them um and I've learned to be confident in myself and the way I look you know I'll happily go out with my friends in a vest top and a dress and I am happy to do that and I feel confident I know and I'm quite aware that people will 
do double takes at me and they will stare simply because it's something different that they're seeing and it's usually not you know in a malicious way at all people are just generally curious and I do get stares and I do get looks but for me I know what I've been through and the way that my skin looks is simply a reminder and kind of like a map of the journey that I've been on I guess so yeah I I do look very different but I have learned to sort of deal with it and I have my down days this makes me sound like you know I'm up the all time I have down days but luckily the good days outweigh those you know you you do have your down days I mean I have my down days still and I'm 21 years blind now I like you was 19 when I lost my sight and it was an age where I kind of felt you know everybody was out trying to kind of pursue relationships as well and all of a sudden I felt very unattractive because I thought who would ever want me now that I can't see because I'm different and I'm not the Jill I was and you know nobody's going to want me as a partner and you know nothing could be further from the truth because you learn as you go along but you must have had those thoughts as well you know will my appearance detract from me having relationships in the future or you know is that something that did go through your mind? Yeah of course and it's still something I think of today you know I'm still like I'm not in a relationship now and I Obviously, I've spent the last four years, I've, you know, gone on dates and things, but I still think it today. And that it's kind of a thought that a lot of people have, even if they don't have a difference. I, I always try and look at things in the way that it's going to be easiest to cope or deal with it. But yeah, of course, I've had thoughts like that. And the fact that, you know, why would someone want to sort of take me on, if that if that makes sense? In the beginning, I used to think, oh, why would anyone want to take on this massive task? of being there for me and caring for me if I ever need caring for after an operation and things but as you say you know you learn to I think over time when you are able to love yourself and love the things about yourself that are different it is very very easy for other people too and also I would say that I have learned that personality I know that it's when you're a teenager you know people say personality counts more than the way you look blah 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 Um, But, you know, it really is the person that you are on the inside that makes you the person that you are. And I found over the last four years, especially, that I have learned that that is very, very important. And it's something that I always try to keep in mind if I ever do feel, you know, insecure in a situation or anything like that. I think, you know, it's it's one of those situations where, you know, for, for so long, I kind of struggled with my self-esteem. And I do still from time to time because I don't have a clue what I look like now compared to what I looked like 21 years ago and people say I haven't changed and people say I have changed and you know some people even say my makeup's better I mean you know which is a laugh in (laughs) itself but I think that what you're saying about the personality is so incredibly true and you know I couldn't tell you what any of my boyfriends have looked like since I lost my sight I can't tell you what my husband looks like all (laughs) I can tell you is that I have always gone for the personality and it's almost like not being able to judge a book by its cover anymore you're kind of reading the book first before judging what that cover is to you and uh, it's getting to know somebody from the inside out which actually is quite a beautiful thing in itself now I'm not saying that there's not a day goes by where I wish I couldn't see again and I'm sure you know there's days where you think or, or wish this hadn't happened to you but it is what it is isn't it and you have to go on with it and, and live your life in the best possible way you can yeah and I think that outlook it's so great to have 
And, you know, when when all this happened, I didn't have that outlook to begin with. And it's not something that sort of happened overnight. I have had to work hard towards having this positive sort of outlook and trying to look at all of the positives rather than the negatives or as many as I can. But it is there. You can get there. Um, and to have, you know, support around you and to allow people to be there for you and support you as well is just as important because, you know, it's very easy when something bad happens to sort of push people away because of whether, you know, you feel like you're a burden or, or you feel like it's too much for somebody else to deal with because, you know, you know how hard it is to deal with yourself. It's a very good outlook to have and I always try to be positive and in the beginning thought I was a burden to my family and things and friends and even a relationship because one of my friends pulled me off the coach. He was the guy that actually saved my life um, and I pushed him away because it hurt him to see me, you know, things like that. But now I sort of, I try to be my best self and if anything, I would say that what's happened to me has probably made me not a nicer person, but it's made me have different morals and different outlooks and different ideas. And I think that that's sort of a gift in itself. I completely understand where you're coming from. And, you know, with regards to, to pushing people away, I think, you know, for anybody that is losing their sight or going through anything traumatic or, you know, whether, like you said, losing a loved one, wh- whatever the case may be, you've got to really kind of remember that you're not the only person that is suffering in this because I'm sure as my mother looked at me I'm sure your mother looked at you and wished it was her that was experiencing the pain rather than you because a mother would take that on for their child rather than watch their child suffer so I think for me in in, in the beginning it was important to remember that other people were suffering as well yeah definitely and I mean one of the main things that's actually helped me over the past few years has been going to things like support groups. You know, before this happened, I didn't really know anything about charity support groups because I was very lucky as I grew up. Um, I didn't have any illnesses or anything like that. But yeah, I am now still involved and have been involved with charities like mainly actually ones to do with my burns because they are more obvious to the outside world. And so it causes more problems with um, self-confidence and self-esteem for me at the moment um places like changing faces and the katie piper foundation they've been fantastic because i've actually got to meet other people who have been through that um, and been through a very very similar experience you know no one's experience is the same but a similar experience and just being able to meet one other person to talk to and say oh my goodness that happened to me as well and i felt like that it's 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 a huge deal um and as you say about you know mums and dads for them something that was so helpful for them was meeting other parents who have been through something similar obviously as i say no one goes through the same thing but being able to talk to other people let other people in you know it it makes a humongous difference it certainly does. You know, I'm thinking back to, you know, a number of years ago, many, many years ago when I was in my 20s. And, you know, I had a nervous breakdown. And it just something you said there reminded me of that episode because I had to go to a crisis admission ward and I was with a whole lot of other people that had had breakdowns due to many different things that were going on in their lives. You know, there was a fireman there that just couldn't cope with, you know, pulling bodies out of buildings. There was a young girl that had been abused. There was so many different people. And actually, it made me feel kind of 
normal if if that, you know whatever normal is it just made me feel like i'm not the only person experiencing difficulty and by sitting and sharing our stories we might not have been through similar things but we had felt similar feelings and i think that was the whole point we were able to share our feelings with each other and that did help it really helped yeah definitely i mean like for example it's like you know my family we've all been through the same thing as in for all from different perspectives so you know, I went through it from the perspective of it happened to me and then I was the one having to have the operations. My mum, my dad, they were watching their little girl go through these operations and be in pain and couldn't do anything about it. My brother and my sister, they thought they were losing their sister and then they didn't and they had to deal with the change and things. But we all had similar feelings throughout, whether they were for different reasons, it doesn't really matter. It helped us to bond and I've been very lucky that my family it has made us bond and it's made us even closer but definitely like I know what you mean about feeling air quotes normal um because you know what is what is normal but it it does sort of put into perspective you know reading things in the paper and meeting other people that have been through other things it really does make you realize that you're not the only person in the world you know there's billions of people in the world and everyone goes through their own tragedies and it as big as you make it I guess so yeah it really does help having people around you that's what I have taken from sort of the past three to four years that people around you whether they're friends whether they're medical professionals in the majority of circumstances they are there to help you and simply you know saying a kind word can make a huge difference to someone's day and someone's life Oh, it really, really can. I mean, you know, life isn't always the way it's supposed to be. It doesn't always turn out the way you think it's going to turn out, but it's how you cope that makes the difference. And it's the people that are around you, your support network, and, you know, the way you deal with things that can really make the difference. And you had so much to cope with. I mean, it wasn't just the fact that, you know, your central vision had gone, you had 96% burns in your body, which is just unimaginable. But you had to learn to walk again. You know, you you can't use your, your hands the way you used to be able to. You can't grip things. Uh, you can't see properly. So there's so many different things that you had to deal with at such a tender age and you just are the most incredible woman you really are and you talk about your experiences you are a motivational speaker uh, tell us a bit about that yeah um thank you very much <laughs> by the way um from working through charities and you know meeting all the other people I've had the opportunity to sort of learn about what is out there for people to do I guess you know before all this happened I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life I didn't really have that much direction I had grown up doing performing arts, you know, singing and dancing and acting. So I I generally was quite confident for all of this happened. And I didn't really know if I wanted to go into that route. I didn't know if I wanted to go down another route. I just didn't know. And this happened to me kind of made me realize that there were other options available and things. So I went along to, you know, these days and I got to meet people like Katie Piper, for example, who is another burn survivor and she runs the Katie Piper Foundation. And she said to me one day, because I went and helped her with something that she was doing um, at an event. And she said, you know, you would be really good at being a motivational speaker because I actually find it therapeutic, if anything, talking about what happened. Um, and obviously growing up doing drama and things, it 
gave me the confidence on stage. It means I can be quite well-spoken and I don't feel uncomfortable speaking in front of large audiences and things. So it kind of went hand in hand, which means, you know, that now I get to do something I really love. I love being on stage. I love entertaining, whether that is, you know, standing up dancing when I was eight years old or getting up and talking about how to, you know, keep going and how to stay motivated and how to overcome hurdles and adversity and I'm getting to do it you know around the country which is just it's fantastic um you know after everything I've been through I have had a lot of time to sort of think about what I want to do when you're a teenager it's kind of like you hit 16 and it's right what do you want to do with your life you have to do these qualifications to get into this university or whatever and you know this happening made me realize well actually it's really not like that you know you can take your time you can go to university at whatever point in life you don't have to go to university anymore you know all of these options are available and it's still something I would think about in the future um I was actually thinking of potentially in the future going to study physiotherapy now after seeing such a huge difference that it made to my own life um, and so that's something that I'm now thinking of doing in the next few years. And that is not something I would have even considered before this, this happened to me. Um, so, yeah, I definitely say that what has happened to me has given me and opened me up to all of the options available in life. And it's not just, you know, one set route that you have to stay on. There's a million different paths that you can take off a route that you think you're going to go up, down. And it's what path you end up turning on I guess that leads you to the life that you end up with and it's just that I had a blip in the road <laughs> that's all it is um but hopefully the destination will be fantastic oh listen I'm sure it will be for you can I tell you something Catherine I was 19 and an air hostess didn't want to go to university just wanted to marry a rich pilot and drive about in his, <laughs> his fancy car uh, and and that was about as far as my ambitions went until I lost my sight and never did I think that one day I would be working for a radio station talking to incredible women like yourself um, oh, and, you. and sharing kind of inspiring stories and I ended up going back to university at the age of uh, 20 21, 22 so it can be done honestly from yeah. air hostess to, to going back to university if I can do it absolutely anybody can do it and I swear Catherine you will do it you'll, you'll be absolutely incredible you really will I am Thank so you. grateful to you uh, coming on today and sharing your story with me it really is remarkable Catherine if anybody wants to get in touch with you and maybe find out more about your motivational speaking how can they do so? Um, yeah, so I have a website. Um, it's www.catrinpugh, which is C-A-T-R-I-N-P-U-G-H dot co dot UK. Um, it's a Welsh name, so people struggle to spell it sometimes. Um, and then otherwise, it's my social medias, which again, it's just my name. And generally, I, I mean, a lot of my followers now simply follow just to see my progress because um, people love a good a good news story. And, you know, what's happened to me is a good news story because so many so many times things like this can go wrong and people can end up you know more hurt than I have so um yeah if anyone wants to sort of get in touch even just you know send send a tweet <laughs> I love getting nice messages um and I'll always try and reply when I can if people are ever asking questions and things um social media and my website is the way to go
Absolutely. Well, I shall definitely be following you on Twitter a little bit later on today. <laughs> Catherine, the very best of luck with your future. I hope you will keep in touch with us here at the radio station. Come on and tell us about your progress in the future. But for now, many thanks for joining us. And we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you so much. Lovely speaking to you. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.